Welcome back to Speaking of Startups, previously known as the Charlotte Angel Connection. Today, we're releasing our podcast with Ariana Edwards. She is the founder and CEO of Vela Shoes, and it's a beautiful story, best left for her to tell. So let's go ahead and dive straight in. Ariana, welcome to the podcast. Super excited to get down into the weeds with you today about your business. Yes. Hi, William. I am happy to be here. <laughs> so it is a busy time of year for anybody in retail. So I greatly appreciate you carving out some time with us as we make the push to the holiday or through the holiday shopping season. If you don't mind giving people kind of your, I don't know, your minute, two minute pitch on the business first, and then we're going to take that and we're going to find out more about you too. But first the pitch on the business. Absolutely. So I'm Ariana Edwards. I'm the proud founder and CEO of Vela Shoes. Uh, Vela is short for available because it's about time that ladies with extended shoe sizes had options available for them. Uh, so we focus on uh, creating dress shoes for the workplace and after hours. And our shoes are definitely special because they focus on uh, shoes being made for the larger foot structure, such as like spacious toe boxes, insoles that actually fit the foot and thicker heel bases. Uh, we're designed with modern fashion trends in mind. Uh, usually a lot of um, extended sizes are left out of the equation. Um, and we're focused on dress shoes, which is a hardest category for a lot of um, our customers to find. Um, what can we wear for work or evening wear that's a little bit more classy um, and a little bit more elevated than the sneaker or sandal. So that's Vela and we're available for all the ladies out there who are our big steppers. I hear you. And with shopping season there, man, that also means for you to purchase for your wives, right? Absolutely. You know, we love some shoes now. <laughs> <laughs> so you do such a wonderful job on that pitch, right? That just, it, it seems like you might've done that a time or two before. Yeah, yeah. No, literally, uh, I started the concept in 2020. And that time period of 2020 and 2021, I literally was pitching uh, before I had a shoe made. Um, and then we eventually launched in March of 2022. So I've definitely been doing that pitch for a minute. And it has changed a lot. Yeah. So tell us who you are, right? Give us a little bit of your backstory. Um and um, and then from from that, we'll obviously morph into um, how the business kind of came about. But um, who's who's Ariana Edwards? Yes, I, I love this question, too, because uh, as entrepreneurs, usually our business is us. So when individuals ask, you know, who are you? It's always like, oh, wait, me and not Vela. Um, yeah, no, you <laughs> just me um, just so you yes. for now. Absolutely. So I am, uh, of course, as you know, Ariana, and I'm born and raised in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, that is my hometown. I literally um, am the middle child. So as my mom would say, I've always been independent since birth. Uh, so <laughs> I found myself um, engaging in a lot of activities and wandering off by myself and being really curious um, about things. And uh, we were also in a middle class family as well. So uh, as there are things that I would like to have had growing up, um, and we couldn't afford it, I would simply figure out a creative way to make it happen. Uh, you know, like those easy bake ovens, right? The uh, formula was extremely expensive. So I would literally go into the refrigerator and figure out how can I make a mini package, easy bake, uh, you know, oven formula. So I've always has have been doing that as I kind of grew up just being very creative and solving my problems in interesting ways. Um, as I kind of progressed throughout middle school, I found myself having a love for the arts as well. So still loving the DIY, the paintings, but really theater. Um, and I would find myself on stages and, and getting into character and, and acting and really loving how I am showing up on stage and how I can convince an audience uh, and, and, uh, persuade their emotion to be a certain type of way. 
Um, so quickly noticed that, hey, that was not going to pay for college. Um, <laughs> so I use a lot of those skills to uh, really dive into my love for marketing and sales. The same thing, right? Connecting with an audience um, and almost being creative to try to get them to feel a certain type of way or do a certain activity. And uh, that's what I really dive, dived deep into as I like kind of grew up into college um, and, and finding that love for community building and uh, persuasion and this animated spirit that I have. And after my first internship, um, in college of doing business, uh, fell in love with saying, you know what, I want to be an entrepreneur. And that literally kind of tied and was a building block to everything that I went through in life. Uh, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. Um, and I know we're going to touch a little bit on what led me to Vela, but that's what the Ariana before the company. <laughs> I hear you. So curiosity from a young age and figuring out how to I mean, I love the story about the easy bake, right? Like I'm going to do it because we can't do it otherwise. Um, and then morphing that into acting, what was your, what's some kind of key takeaways that you kind of still keep with you today from, from the acting component, right? Like it's such a connecting with the audience when you say that as the simulation or similarity between that and marketing, it's such a, a great story. I mean, what have you, how much has that acting component helped you? Yes. Uh, first of all, acting has completely helped me with pitching. Um, I love the the rush of kind of being on stage and uh, nobody knows who you are, right? Like the first interaction that they have with Ariana is that I am embodying this character and I am essentially... Um, stepping outside of myself to uh, portray a certain thing. And I 100% love that because I think, um, especially as you kind of dive into business, of course, there's a product founder fit, right? You definitely representing your company, but there's also a sense of how can I really and truly connect with this audience or this person, even though we're from different backgrounds. So for example, William, like you may not understand, you know, the struggles of a woman with extended shoe sizes, but uh, loving shoes, then there becomes a challenge of how can I uh, kind of essentially meet you in the middle? Uh, what can I portray? What can I take on? What example or verbiage can I do to make sure that you kind of understand where I'm coming from? And I did that a lot throughout um, pitching for Vela, right? Having different audiences. Most of the time, um, a lot of my judges uh, for these competitions were men. So how could I be able to portray that story and give that, that same effort and have everybody in a room understand exactly who we are and what we're doing and the mission that we're on. So acting has completely helped and also helping me think on my feet. There's a lot of times I did not know some lines. Uh, so, you know, think about it as like a shark tank when you're, you're being asked these questions, you have to think on your feet. You have to be um, uh, prepared ahead of time. You have to memorize these things. So uh, yeah, it it was definitely uh, a great stepping stone for me in business. So I love that. Talk a little bit, like, how did you view college, like walking into college? What yes. what were you trying to get out of it? Um, I unfortunately wasn't trying to get most out um, much out of it, but I, I feel like <laughs> you probably walked into it trying to get more out of it than me. Yes. Um, yeah. When I first walked into college, um, I actually didn't know what I wanted to do. So kind of going back to the story of me being super creative, me just wanting to solve problems. Um, and when I first became a freshman, I said, well, you know what? I love the individuals that I see on a TV screen, right? Like I love the 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 law and orders and I just love a lot seeing a lot of powerful women in business. And I was like, well, I guess business would would be my major, but did not know exactly what part of business that I wanted to um impact. Um and so 
uh, my sophomore year, you know, I, I had the pleasure of like working in career services and uh, getting my first internship uh, for a widely known car company. Um, quickly found out that I did not want to deal with cars, <laughs> but um, it was a sales marketing and management internship, which was very rotational. And I dived deep into a lot of the things, the sales and marketing. And I said, you know what? Like, I, I think there's like bigger fish in the sea. Like there's something that I don't want to be limited by when it comes to creativity, right? I didn't want to get approved for wanting to uh, have a creative solution or or disapproved for it. And I said that I really wanted to dive deep into entrepreneurship. And at my college um, at, at Fayetteville State University, <laughs> small town Fayetteville, North Carolina, um, they actually had the major for it. And I said, that's something that I'm going for, even though I did not know what company I wanted to build. So that's how it led me there. That's awesome. So you're going through, going through school, um, you figure out entrepreneurship is the path that you want to take. Um, how, um, how did, how did you view like your future self? Did, did you instantaneously start writing down business ideas did you start writing down businesses that you wanted to work with to learn from? Like, how did you tackle it as a, as a college student? Yeah, I think like for me, um, I truly wanted to get down to the meat of what it was like to kind of just run, run a company. I think that uh, a lot of individuals have a great idea, right? Or you, you see something and like, oh, how cool would it be too? But I wanted to see what were the stepping stones to getting to that idea and kind of bringing it to life. Um, so I found myself in college doing, after I majored in entrepreneurship, I found myself doing a lot of hackathons, um, kind of getting exposed to a lot of um, different industries and solving problems for them. Uh, for those who don't know, hackathons are basically a um, accelerated, like two to three day process where um, companies will kind of fly you in as college students, uh, put you on random teams to solve some of their biggest problems. Um, and as I was doing that, I kind of quickly understood that entrepreneurship is pretty much the same process to having a problem, to figuring out a solution to solve it. And it's just different industries. So uh, those hackathons kind of helped me put me in positions to work with different teams, individuals of different backgrounds, get to the core mission and figure out a, a quick solution, a quick minimum viable product, which is an MVP and test it and then alter it. Uh, so I think those, those key elements like that hackathon and also listening to a lot of um, industry leaders in business, that is kind of what I did to kind of pro project me um, into my expertise in entrepreneurship today. It's so cool. So um, I'm from, <laughs> as the audience probably has heard me say too many times, I'm from Newburn, North Carolina. So I played soccer in Fayetteville, um, what seems like thousands of times. Not, <laughs> yes. It is not the, it is not New York City. No. Um, <laughs> so I'm sitting here thinking of, um, of you at college, figuring out these hackathons, like, and I know you said it earlier, like you've always been curious, but like, how did you, how did you find out about hackathons in, at, in, in Fayetteville, North Carolina, right? Yes. Uh, that is, yes, because I, I literally did not, you know, go to like a humongous school. Like, yeah. I think that was, that was planned for me as well. I thought that my main goal was, of course, to go to college and, you know, being a first generation college graduate, um, I wanted to go to the option that was financially the best for me and also where I could kind of be the superstar. It was very interesting um, because if I were to go to like a North Carolina A&T or a Houston Greensboro um, I knew that it was going to be um, a hungry shark eat shark type of environment. And I said, well, let me come over here to Fayetteville and almost be that person where individuals can kind of give me that opportunity. They see me kind of thriving in this kind of small school. 
and they can I can get access to those opportunities a little bit easier. Uh, so that was also a strategy behind going to Fayetteville State. And um, especially me working in career services, I knew the first thing that was hitting the school as it pertains to career and, um, you know, business and anything of that nature. Um, and I also love the fact that at Fayetteville State, um, all the entrepreneurship professors were entrepreneurs themselves. So they literally walked through the journey. I even had a close um, professor who, um, actually left uh, Fayetteville State to start her company. And we literally like bumped into each other like two weeks ago. So awesome. I think I think that that sense of actually having somebody there and also being strategic about entering into these spaces where I can get some leverage, that's how I started to learn about these things, even at a small school. Yeah. So you go to school, um, you major in entrepreneurship. At what point in time did the concept and idea for Vela, was it while you were at school? Was it after school? When did it start to uh, kind of get birthed, if you were right? When did it kind of come about? Yeah. So I was still at school at Fayetteville State. So um it's, it's funny how I have so many accolades for the company and I just graduated college in May of 2021. Uh, so uh, literally about two years removed, but um, for me, it was definitely the height of the pandemic. So like a lot of uh, the beautiful businesses that, that have been birthed nowadays started in the pandemic. That's how Vela started as well. So I was a junior in college at that time and I was, you know, interviewing for certain jobs and I was pretty much oblivious. So I was like, oh, this pandemic is going not to going to last long at all. I'm going to have my big girl corporate job um, and do all the things because to, to the last point, I still wanted to learn what it was like to run a business. Uh, some founders, they, they go straight from college into um, building their company, but I wanted to see structural organization before I did that. And so um, going back to the story, uh, yeah, I was super oblivious. Um, and as I was preparing for uh, my big girl job after college, uh, I was shopping for a lot of uh, corporate wear. So in college, I um, actually engaged on the volleyball team. So I had a scholarship there as well. Um, and I had to completely change my wardrobe from uh, kind of being relaxed in sneakers to, all right, let's get you some pumps. Let's get you some dress shoes. Um, so I was shopping for all of those things. And one thing that I could never find was shoes in my extended size. And I've always went through that problem ever since middle school of not finding you know, shoes that I liked on the shelf. I just, you know, kind of swallowed it and said, you know what, well, I'll just be a sneaker girl. Um, but going back to that point of me being super passionate about seeing women in business on TV screens, um, that feeling of insecurities from middle school kind of came back. And I didn't want that to happen um, again. And so for, for Vela in the concept, it was a sense of, well, if I can't, find these shoes. I'm just going to figure out a way to make it. And if it fails, it fails, but I'm going to figure this out because I know I'm not the only person, you know, I've dealt, I've, I've been in athletic groups where there's a lot of tall women who need shoes. So I said, I had the community here. Let me go find that option. And, uh, that's really what prompted Vela. It was like, uh, I had this itching, burning feeling of solving this problem that was always there, but I got tired of complaining and said that I was going to do something about it, uh, whether I failed or not. So <laughs> it's funny. I, I see this little eight-year-old girl in the oven, or sorry, <laughs> in the kitchen, um, you know, trying to figure out how to how to make the easy bake material because you you don't get it otherwise. And then I see it. I see you standing next to your twenty-one-year-old self, um, staring at shoes, figuring out, oh gosh, I've got to make these too, right? So, yes. <laughs> um, the evolution from then to now is awesome. Um, it's a, but it's a, it's a different concept, right? It mm -hmm. in, at home as as you know, seven or eight-year-old little girl, you had ingredients inside the refrigerator. Um, as the twenty twenty-one-year-old um, grown female you you know you couldn't open up the closet and have everything you need to make the shoes right there so what was 
what was that learning pro what's that learning process been like to figure out, oh gosh, this is what it takes. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, like my background is that marketing sales community, not fashion, not fashion yep. at all. And, and especially in like Fayetteville, North Carolina, like, no, that is a New York type of scenery where you are. I'm um, sure Fayetteville's got some fashion too, though, right? They've got, you know, some fashion, you know, <laughs> if, you know, we're talking about making it, making it. Definitely yeah. like a New York of North type of deal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I had to be super, super scrappy on figuring out how was I going to get next to individuals in footwear, but not only footwear, just fashion in general. Um, and quickly kind of noticed that, you know, fashion was like a quiet kept industry. Like I would look up things like, oh, how to find a manufacturer or go to YouTube um, and, and and try to figure out how to design my first shoe. And, and I did see that like a lot of those type of activities were happening up North. And also um, a lot of individuals kind of in the fashion industry don't disclose that type of information um, like uh, any other industry. And so um, for me, it was a matter of, um, of course, I was, you know, in college at the time building and I reached out to my professors first. I was like, uh, do you know anybody in fashion, anybody who even is a customer service representative for fashion? Um, and I quickly got introduced to a couple of people, but I had to keep on having conversations. And after that saying, hey, do you know, two people that I can talk to about this uh, because it was a difficult concept to, to understand. Um, and then also um, it was a sense of when I was doing these hackathons in, in college, well, you know, the world, the world definitely stopped. So a lot of that stuff went virtual, but communicating with my, my cohort members, like who, who's at a school that has a fashion major, let me talk to them. Um, or let me go talk to somebody at an adjacent type of um, industry like beauty, because beauty was a little bit more open about certain things. So that was like the initial things that I had to do to get close to the fashion industry. Uh, but William still to the point, I knew the concept of the building blocks to creating a company, I was just missing missing that fashion industry piece. So as I was building Vela, I would do these pitch competitions because that's I knew how to sell myself. I knew how to get on stage and uh, kind of say the concept, even without having a product. And I would talk to each judge afterwards, like, hey, do you know anybody in the industry? Do you have somebody who I can talk to? Um, and I found that that process of talking to somebody got me one step closer to individuals within the industry to learn more about how to create the footwear company. That's awesome. I love that. So you're in school, you're doing pitches, you're doing this, you're doing that. You're trying to figure out how to get more tied into, you know, the footwear fashion industry and you're scrapping and, and putting it together and building it. And you, you're taking it to the next level. How did the first shoe come about and what was it like to hold it in your hands? Uh, yes, 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 yes. Um, yes. Uh, so for the first shoe, so when we first came out with our first collection, I was super, super optimistic. We dropped about nine styles. <laughs> so um, kind of rewinding in 2021, when we did all these pitch competitions with no shoes present, um, I ended up taking back home like over 80K in grant funding. So that was enough to carry us through our first inventory order and then also carry us through the first year of operations, which was super exciting because shoes are expensive. Um, but as we were, um, you know, pitching and putting ourselves out there, um, at that time we were building emails and, uh, kind of entering into communities, uh, sub communities that needed our shoe sizes, um, but didn't have access to it. So you're talking about 
um, the athletes, right? The moms who just had a child and figured out their feet is two sizes bigger. Um, the uh, LGBTQIA community. Um, so a lot of, in models too, right? So a lot of these sectors and going into Facebook groups and being scrappy and telling them, hey, we're building something great. Sign up for our email list um, and, and, and surveying them. That was a key thing for us. Every shoe was designed with our customers in mind. And that first collection that we came out with um, was purely the individuals who are were our early supporters um, who we had uh, survey like, hey, what styles are you looking for? We had an email automation. What styles are you looking for? Uh, send us a screenshot, send us a picture, exactly what it is, what's the height? Um, and then we would uh, kind of collaborate and take all that findings and survey and send it out to the list. Vote on your favorite type of styles. And literally what they voted on was what we put out uh, for our collection. And we continue to do that. I love that it kind of gets them involved because they finally have a choice in how they want to show up in their footwear. Um, and, you know, knowing me, uh, I still love fashion, still love shoe design. So that's definitely behind it. But putting them at the center and core focus of it was exactly what was needed um, to start and design our collection. And, Holding the first shoe, um, having the samples come in, uh, it was uh, a heartfelt moment. It was very emotional um, because these are the styles that I wanted, right? Growing up, like I wish I had access to it. I wish I had whatever the lady with the size sevens had on her feet. And for me to have that in my size and put it on and walk in the heels it was like legendary. So uh, yeah, I, I remember that moment clearly and vividly. And it was such a proud moment for me. Do you remember where you were? Yeah, I was in my like small apartment, <laughs> small apartment in uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. So that was crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. So the enthusiasm that you walked into that with was, was, was great, right? Like you're, you're super excited you're, you're, um, you're polling your, um, uh, the folks that are interested in the brand and want to see you succeed and you create not one, but nine models, um, which is, which yes. is awesome, yeah. right? Like I've, I've got this, I'm running straight through that door, move out of my way. How have you learned about like inventory and like, um, control and like, how has that had, how quickly has that had to develop over the course of the last two years? Yeah. Uh, yeah. To your point, nine styles. This girl has to be crazy. Um, she's, she's coming. She's coming strong. <laughs> she's, she's, she's giving availability for sure. Um, I think that was definitely like the first 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 lesson that I learned um, because I was super optimistic in saying, hey, like I have this grant money, like I can kind of explore and spend it where I need to spend it. And got super optimistic in ordering the quantity amounts for the shoes um, and, and quickly realized that, you know, for be me being a company that comes out with seasonal collections, and of course, it's it's died down now, like we come out with four styles a season <laughs> to try to help with the inventory. Um, but, you know, at the end of every season, you know, there are just going to be shoes that do not sell. And for me, it was a sense of, okay. Should I hold this inventory in my warehouse? And I actually got a warehouse first. That was one of the first investments um, that I made because I could not ship out shoes in my apartment. I was like, I'm going to eat up the cost at first and give it to the warehouse. Um, but I was like, I didn't want to keep on holding that in warehouse, paying for inventory that isn't selling. So I had to get super, super, super creative with it. And also another finding for me was, that uh, especially in customer discovery, you have to be really specific with your customers on what they want, not asking questions that kind of give them or probe them for a certain response, right? So for example, do you like heels? Would you like to see heels? Yes, awesome. But I should have asked what height, what height of heels would you have liked? And so I had a couple of SKUs with a, a, a higher height than normal, than what we're expected of, um, and it just wouldn't sell. And so I had to get creative with that too, to say, 
how am I going to sell these SKUs? How am I going to man how am I going to manage inventory that just doesn't move? And I think that's what is a beautiful thing about our business is that it's a need across all boards. And so I would do pop-ups, pop-up shops, and I would go to the pride parades because I said, you know what? The queens are going to want these shoes. Um, and I use that as a vehicle to kind of sell through and, and fine tune and focus on the product. So I was doing a lot of those activities to manage the inventory that wasn't selling through. And then also making sure that I allocated who was buying and what was the average of the larger sizes, right? Because we, now that I have, you know, a size frame up to 14, um, starting at nine through 14, what was the sizes that I needed to pack on more and pack on less? And I think it was literally a learning process as each collection kind of went through understanding my customer and understanding that, hey, if this skew does not do well, how are you going to be able to cycle it out? Are you going to take an L for it? Are you going to give it away? Are you going to use, use it for marketing? That's how I was able to kind of allocate that inventory, especially when it didn't sell. So it was interesting. It was very interesting. No, it sounds like it. So just to be clear, so the, the target market is shoe size 9 to 14. Is that still the case or was that the original launch? Yeah, it's still the case. So we start at size nine and go all the way up to size 14. And it's just whole sizes, not half sizes, which okay. is what we get asked about a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. And just want to make sure we're clear for our audience out there. Because um, again, just as a reminder for everybody, it is the holiday season um, and they are, uh, they're still for sale, right? Absolutely. And still on promotion. So since <laughs> yeah. still on promotion, I like it. So, um, so 2021 was first year, is that right? Or was 2021 design year and 2022 was first year of selling shoes? Correct. 2021 was getting the company together, testing the samples, designing, building up the customer list. And then we launched in March of 2022. Okay. 2023 versus 2022. How you doing? Oh, amazing. Amazing. Um, so Funny enough, you know, I think that uh, I'm super excited about my skills and just building community and going on social media and kind of talking about what we don't talk about, um, like whispering our shoe sizes in stores. And we we built a really, really strong community on that. Um, and we found ourselves, you know, kind of getting invited into certain things and, um, you know, being featured on like entrepreneur, like certain small, you know, media outlets and and getting our name out there. Um, and then also within six months of operations, uh, we were able to get a deal with Macy's, uh, which is one of the craziest things. Like we just launched, how can you get a deal with Macy's? Um, but what we were building, you know, I absolutely understood that it was something that the fashion industry needed. You know, we had um, a lot of uh, strides in plus size clothing, but footwear was always left out of the equation. And so we got that contract with Macy's, um, in uh, six months of the business, so summer of 2022. Um, and amidst of that, right, because in Macy's we launched this year in 2023, um, you know, it was just uh, a great learning opportunity to see, okay, I know how to run direct to consumer, but this is how the retail side operates. Um, all right, if you have this retail platform and all of these shoes, you need to figure out a way to sell them. So creating a and crafting a PR story to push out to individuals that leverages that, hey, like I'm a diverse vendor and I'm a, a recent college grad and that, that really that really helped propelled us um, on Vela shoes when we first launched uh, in, in 2023. Uh, so I think that, you know, last year revenues were, we ended at like 18K, uh, you know, and this this year revenue for us, D2C and uh, Macy's, we're um, almost at 300K, uh, which is wild. Um, the growth, the growth in that. Um, and 
also the the matter that we were able to be featured on like BET and Black Enterprise and Entrepreneur and MSN um, and even Breakfast TV, which is a great Canadian, almost like Good Morning America uh, channel um, and being able to collaborate with a lot of organizations uh, to move the needle with the brand. I mean, it's it's amazing. And I finally was able to quit my full-time job uh, and go full-time, which is what I wanted to do in the meantime. And we are now at the place to hire a team to help us excel more with Vela. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm so proud of myself. And I have to remind myself to give give myself grace because you've done a lot um, and I'm such an achiever. And yeah, 2023, I mean, I can't wait for 2024. That's all I can say. So can we... Um... Can we stop and for a real quick second and say you were in Fayetteville, North Carolina in 2021. And then I don't know if you know this, but uh, Macy's is um, is the proud sponsor and host of the Thanksgiving Day Parade um, and probably one of the largest uh, retail brands um, in the world, at least in, in this kid's or this guy's eyes. Um, so you went from Fayetteville into Macy's. Like, what was that like? Yeah. Um insanity right (laughs) is that as cool I mean was it as cool as it sounds like it was absolutely absolutely and 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 for me it was a sense of oh man like Macy's really wanted to carry me in stores like this wasn't just like an online play right or drop shipping play they wanted to make that stance in stores um and so we are like you like you mentioned it is the world's (laughs) like one of the largest department stores. We are, our shoes are in Macy's Herald Square in New York, right? We we are here in Atlanta um, at like Lenox, right? Um, and planning to expand for 2024. So kind of looking at that, you know, this girl who was just super passionate and, and super focused on fashion and, you know, entering into these pitch competitions, people could see that, um, and I heard it from a judge themselves to say, you know what, like I chose you because I knew you were going to make this happen, even if you didn't get the money or even if you didn't get the opportunity. And I always uh, tell myself that um, I learned this really great uh, lesson from one of my mentors, which was you can't say the right thing to the wrong person and you can't say the wrong thing to the right person. So just show up as yourself. Right. So like I'm this young girl, you know, I'm not even 25 yet, like entering into these big rooms and and saying, listen, I have this this dream of bringing size inclusivity back into the footwear industry and I'm going to do whatever it takes, uh, whether somebody wants me to be on their, their shelves or not. And just that idea of me going into the world's largest store in, in Herald Square and looking for Vela and picking up my shoe um, was super emotional for me because I remembered like being cascaded out and having to go into the men's section. Um, and, and I always say like that, that is the true goal behind Vela shoes is that this is a generational brand. I wanted to get to a point where when and I have children or, you know, the younger ladies who are growing up now where they can go into any store and get their size. And after that, I know I've done my job. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm so proud of myself. Some days I wake up and I'm like, what this really happened? Like, am I really here right now? Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's awesome. That's cool. That's super cool. So I can only imagine the experience. So um, future, right? So you're solo um, you're, you're solo right now. And, and you mentioned a couple minutes ago that you're, you know, obviously sales have, have, um, have started their hockey stick movement, right? Go from 18 to 30 is definitely a hockey stick. Um, and you know, now's the opportunity and, and time and demand to build the team. Like, how do you, how do you look at the next 12 and, you know, you already mentioned how excited you are for 2024. Like, how do you, how do you start to put together the pieces, in your head and and within the company to make this um, this company go and grow at the pace is going to need to, um, you know, in 2024 and beyond? Yeah, uh, definitely a great question. Um, so I found that, um, and even touching on the point of me launching it to Macy's, I was the only person behind that. And I was 
handling the the the, the invoices and and the orders and all of the things. Um, and you know, not gonna lie, that was a intense process. That saw a lot of individuals hire folks for that. Um, but I found that you know I I had to take a step back and realize what is your bread and butter for Vela in the company. Um, are you the the fashion expert? In my head, I'm like. No, like I, I love the marketing. I love the sales. I love chasing after contracts. Like that is my thing. And that's how, and also being a visionary. And so as I think about, you know, our team, one of the first hires um, that we just recently had was a supply chain ops team, right? Somebody who can deal with the nitty gritty of uh, once my product ships from overseas to landing on shelves, that was one of the major things because it took the most of my time. It took away from what I am super skilled at. So that's something. Um, right now, we are also um, in the final stages of finding our chief product officer, somebody who's super obsessed with trends and, and shoes and footwear and talking to the customer. Um, that is that, that fashion piece, right? That background that I learned but not have that all the expertise in the world on that's that's a pars a person that we're definitely hiring um and then just a matter of uh you know figuring out um how can we efficiently hire individuals who can do the long the long work right the the virtual assistants come in on that end the interns come in on that end and also the chief financial officer because with products cash flow you want to make sure you're not out of money <laughs> <laughs> So that's important, so those, right? Yes, which is awesome because it's 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 easy to. Um, so so those those key elements are you know what we're we're doing to to come together, especially during uh these winter months in Q1 to ensure that you know we have such a solid supply chain and solid team that is going to carry out and multiply as we get multiple contracts. Um, and that kind of expounds into the future of Vela as well, is that, like I mentioned earlier, size inclusivity, you know, us, it's not only enough for us to be online, it's enough for us to be on shelf. And so how can we enter into these large retailers who definitely and traditionally did not have our extended sizes, how can we tap into them? And so next year, we're definitely, uh, you know, circling out some contracts as well, um, you know, expanding our, our footprint. Um, and then also, you know, catering and collaborating with organizations who need us um, and, and, and being really strategic about that, right? So as we talk about airlines, right, and we get into uniforms, how can we offer extended sizes there? Um, you know, how can we collaborate with uh, WNBA, right? Um, in, in making sure that they have a walkway entrance and, and their shoes are covered. Um, you know, I love what Kim Kardashian is doing with Skims, right? The national underwear for, for NBA. Like, how can we enter into those spaces um, that that otherwise have forgotten or have not traditionally included because of extended sizes. So that's something that we're working on this year. Um, and I'm, I'm super, super excited about that uh, for the future of Vela and our brand. Yeah, no, you can tell. So, I mean, I'll go back and I mean, again, I keep thinking of this little seven or eight year old girl in the kitchen. <laughs> and um, now, you know, this, this grown, um, this grown woman with these huge, aspirations to impact and change the way um women shop right it's it's awesome how as as the founder like you've done all of these things and you've kind of you've grinded through it right and that's probably the best way to say it. you've just had to grind through the things that you that weren't your core strings like how do you how do you look for and find the people that you believe in can get you to the next level within that strength that you're trying to hire for? Yeah, yeah. I definitely had to uh, go back to school even after I graduated to learn <laughs> all of these things and especially fashion, but I'm absolutely grateful for it. Um, I think for me, I think I look for a person who is similar to how I was, right? So I did not know everything, but I was 100% confident that I was going to figure it out. I think uh, accolades are super important, but 
you know, I think a lot of organizations uh, should not um, underestimate that that young person who is super hungry and, and super interested and passionate about a certain topic. Um, so that is one thing about them. There's just a, a go-getter character, or, you know, that that character is going to take them to the next level. Um, but also for me, even when I have contractors or the individuals uh, who I work with now, I want somebody who understands the product because it's super um, important when you are keeping the customer in mind when um, you're designing or you're doing any operational things. And so like our social media manager, she wears a size, you know, a size higher than nine. Um, you know, our intern, uh, you know, for social media or um, digital marketing, they wear a size nine and up. It's so easy to have them understand that, you know, they are the customer and know who they're communicating to. That's something that, you know, I love as well. Now, granted, everybody can't, you know, have a larger size uh, for the team, but I think them understanding and having an affinity for it, whether that's a friend or family member, that helps as well as they kind of get engroped into, into the culture of Vela Shoes. Um and also, you know, definitely for the fashion in that that chief product officer, you know, really understanding them as a person and, and them understanding and being in the in the, the game for years and, and having those connections and, you know, being in New York, like those type of um, elements and, and, and specifically working with the footwear company because footwear versus fashion is very different. Those things are definitely elements that we look for as we are expounding in, on the Vela team. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. So, I mean, crazy enough, as I told you beforehand, we're coming up on, you know, kind of the end of our time. And um, one of the things that the startup community has not been good at, and you are well aware of this, is having a diverse talent pool of of founders right um i forget what the statistics are but um most folks look like me um and so as as you go out there and build this from the ground up and do your pitches and as you mentioned earlier right when you're doing your pitches i can imagine probably 90 percent of the people you were pitching to look like me and had no idea what you're talking about like how um <laughs> it's just you know it's unfortunate that we have to talk about it but the way i can imagine you blow through it and don't even blink an eye like how do you look at the the industry as you as you blow past the industry <laughs> yeah uh and and i want to you know kind of clarify that question like how do i look at the trajectory of no the like oh. like as a as a as an african american female founder that will raise capital um, that's not traditionally funded, right? Like, how do you, mm -hmm. how do you, how do you, I mean, I know, I know, and you know that you're going to raise the money, yes. um, <laughs> which is, which is an awesome concept. Um, and so do you even, do you even acknowledge that it's a hurdle or is it just another thing that you have to tackle? How do you view it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely, um, a, a hurdle, even, even when I, you know, first ha got the Macy's contract and was trying to find, um, you know, just a simple loan, um, you know, and, and my credit was okay, but they saw this girl who just came out of college. Um, and, and it was, it was very rough. And I think that, uh, it's a testimony that it is literally my job to continue to be in these spaces and continue to show individuals that I can be super re resilient, even though odds are against me. Um, and it's also, um, as I mentioned, the building blocks, uh, one of the reasons why, you know, as I'm building Vela and the company, I'm starting to get into um, investing and learning what that looks like so that I, you know, can have the opportunity to be in those seats to help progress um, a lot of, you know, just women and even African-American founders. Um, so I think that it's definitely a uh, something that I wish was super progressed, um, you know, but it, it it takes us to to really make that change to almost force the industry to say, you know what, 
we have no choice but to do this because we've seen that success. So my success within Vela and the company is definitely going to add to that headcount of reasoning behind, you know, individuals really taking a stance on supporting us. So I'm going to continue doing that. Like you said, and continue finding the money and somebody, somebody will understand where I'm coming from. So, yeah. So Ariana, it's been a, an awesome opportunity to sit down and talk with you and, I mean, the great thing about it is you are going to knock down the doors for so many other people behind you just because really just because you can, and it's going to be a really awesome thing to watch. So congratulations on all that you've done. Um, and congratulations on all that you will do. Um, it's awesome to see, and it's, it's been a true pleasure to get to know you a little bit more today. Thank you so much, William. I love this interview. This is super awesome. I appreciate you. <laughs> this is owner of and an investment advisor representative of Portis Wealth Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Portis Wealth Advisors. The topics discussed and the opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Portis Wealth Advisors does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance. Investments described herein may be speculative and may involve a substantial risk of loss. Interest may be offered only to persons who qualified as accredited investors under applicable state and federal regulation or an eligible employee of the management company. There generally is no public market for the interest. Prospective investors should particularly note that many factors affect performance, including changes in the market conditions and interest rates, and other economic, political, or financial developments. Past performance is not and should not be construed as indicative of future results.